coming up on episode 30 of the Keto Camp podcast. We have the host of the Dr. Dads, Dr. Nick Jensen and Dr. David Wardy. out there but you need to go to somebody that's already lived it and has experience with it that can help you find those answers don't go to somebody that has no experience or has had anybody that they've had to actually personally help and go through this process especially with something like autoimmune so it helps when you work with somebody who's lived it and that's gotten well and that knows how to get you there yeah. So that, you know, for me, that's what I did to help get my wife better. I had to find people that were being successful at this. And guess who were the ones that had been successful at it? The ones that had the problem and that had to move through it. Not the ones that were just guessing, oh, I think this is working. I think this might help. No, it was the ones that actually had been living through it and had to find answers the hard way. I'm a certified functional health practitioner who's on a mission to educate 1 billion people. I've been obese for most of my life. From rock bottom to the top of the mountain, I am passionate about studying ancient healing strategies like fasting and the ketogenic diet and curating this information on the Keto Camp podcast. My goal is to bring you the thought leaders in this space. My name is Ben Azadi, and I want to thank you for spending part of your day with me. This episode was special, friends, because Nick and David are two of the most brilliant, intelligent men out there doing great work in the community of health, functional health. Not only that, their heart is as big, if not bigger, than their knowledge and their intelligence. And they share so much on this podcast. I'm grateful to know them personally and, and work with them alongside other amazing health practitioners as a part of Dr. Pompa's Platinum program. On this episode, you're gonna learn which tests to request from your doctor. You're going to learn all about food sensitivities, toxicity, weight loss, keto, and so much more. I encourage you to have a pen and paper and take notes. This might be one of those episodes you wanna to listen to again, especially the second half where we go more into the nitty gritty details on becoming healthy and what causes the body to become unhealthy. So if you've been wondering why your lab work looks normal, and I'm putting my hands in quotes here, but you just don't feel good. You, you can't get to your ideal body weight. Your energy levels are just slacking. You have up and down roller coaster energy levels. Your personality is suffering, your relationship suffering because you're just not feeling your greatest self. Then we're gonna go deep into why that's happening how it's an epidemic. And not only that, we're going to also give you the solution here. So I'm grateful to share these two brilliant men with you. And before I do, I wanna let you know that this episode is sponsored by the world's healthiest keto coffee, which is Purity Coffee Beans. I get my Purity Coffee Beans delivered to my door every week, every Monday, and I love it because it is high in antioxidants, mold-free, and it really just turns my brain on so I could crush my day. And I know that their product is high quality because they have the research to back it up. And you might have heard the previous episode with Andrew Salisbury, who's the founder of Purity Coffee. He explained all the benefits of coffee and what it does to the body at a cellular level. 
and it has to be the right cup of coffee beans, correct? Because coffee is the highest sprayed crop in the world. So make sure you are a coffee snob like myself. So you get your bag of purity coffee beans over at ketocampcoffee.com. Remember that's camp with the K, www.ketocampcoffee.com to go ahead and get your beans delivered to your door. Another reminder, I'll be speaking at Low Carb USA in Boca Raton, Florida, January 17th through January 19th, 2020. I would love to see you in Boca Raton, Florida. Boca is the best place to be in January. The weather is great. The speakers on stage during this conference are going to blow your mind. I can't wait to watch these speakers present. I'm grateful to be presenting myself and I would love to see you there. I would love to meet you there and you could get your ticket today for $100 off because you are a keto camper and you're listening to the Keto Camp Podcast. If you head over to lowcarbusa.org and put Keto Camp at checkout, you'll get $100 off your ticket price. And right now, there is a room block available for you at the Marriott in Boca for over 50% off for your hotel room. So take action with this. Love to see you there. Head over to lowcarbusa.org to learn more. Okay, let's get into this episode with Dr. Nick Jensen and Dr. David Wardy. Dr. Nick Jensen grew up in a small town in British Columbia, and he completed his undergraduate degree in biology at Okanagan University College, now known as UBC. He went on to attend Butcher Institute of Naturopathic Medicine, graduating in 2007 as a licensed doctor of naturopathic medicine. Following graduation, his desire to deepen his understanding of healing modalities took him to Southeast Asia and India with his now wife and business partner, Dr. Sonia Jensen. They opened Divine Elements in 2009 and over the years have had the opportunity to mentor under some of the leading experts in hormone health and detoxification. Dr. Nick is constantly learning and is extremely passionate about teaching individuals to become the best version of themselves. Being a parent as well as a doctor, he knows in order to teach it, you have to live it. And so both Dr. Sonia and Dr. Nick follow the philosophy of live it to lead it. We also have Dr. David Wardy on the podcast. David Wardy is not a typical doctor of chiropractic. In his office, he offers non-invasive, non-surgical, non-pharmaceutical solutions to the common dysfunctions and chronic diseases that affect most people today. His unique approach enables his patients to move towards a heightened ability to not only move away from disease, but move toward physical excellence and complete optimization of their health. He is one of 80 cellular healing specialists nationwide that considers injury, compromise, or pathogen at a cellular level. His approach addresses the root cause in order to create a natural solution to allow the power of your own body to heal itself. He teaches and empowers his patients to have the knowledge to take care of their own health. His education background includes a bachelor's in anatomy, a bachelor's in health and wellness, and a doctorate of chiropractic from Parker University in Dallas, Texas. David Wardy was born and raised in El Paso, Texas, where he currently practices with his wife, Clarissa. Nick and David, welcome to the Keto Camp Podcast, brothers. Thanks for having us. Yes, this is awesome. 
Well, I was just on your podcast last week or a couple of weeks ago, and I had a blast. I was so I'm so grateful and honored to have been on your podcast, the Doctor's Dad's podcast. Give it a listen. We'll put that link down below. Now it's your turn to be on my podcast, and for you both of you to share your story and what you're doing in this world, which is incredible. I'm so inspired by both of you, and we'll get into what you're doing right now. Uh, and I want to start with you, Doctor Nick. I want to hear how did you get into this space? I mean, was there a, a moment? Growing up, where you had a light bulb switch on, was it a painful story? I just, I want to hear your story. I want the audience to hear your story. So, how did you get into this, Nick? Yeah, well, and first of all, thanks so much for having us on here. It's you know, when we first got a chance to meet you, it, it felt like we were meeting a brother. So, um, we, we are also very honored to be here. My story really is a story of my mom, and I had the honor of being her son and uh, getting a chance to grow up in a family that uh, she really taught. Healthy eating is as best she knew how. She was always very active, uh, and so was I. I. I went on to play college basketball and, and eating healthy and you know living healthy life was was always you know in my plan. It, it was never something that I really had to think all that hard about. It was it was just it was sort of delivered to me. And but however, in in doing all the healthy things that my mom did do, she actually also had Crohn's, and so she had, was dealing with this autoimmune problem that so many people are facing and uh, it really messed with her health. She was constantly going to doctor visits and having abscesses and all sorts of other uncomfortable things. And it made me go, why does my mom have to deal with something that's so reoccurring? And why is she dealing with something when she's, you know, on the surface doing everything right? And it made me ask questions. And, and it wasn't just my mom. I saw, you know, people around me getting sick and developing cancer. There, again, they looked fine on the outside. And, and, and I started to become a bit of a hypochondriac. I started to, you know, look at every little detail in my body and, and maybe where things weren't going well. And, and I, want, I had questions. I had questions that needed to be answered. And I figured these were, these were answers that were not being delivered to my family members. And so maybe want to dig a little deeper. And so when I was questioning going into um, the health field, I looked at dental school. I was considering pharmacy. I never wanted to be a doctor because I never liked to, to go see them. So that was never a part of my plan. And so uh, when I read up on learning about naturopathic medicine, it was like, well, this is my life. So I want to I wanna dive deeper. So going through school was amazing, and it really launched me into uh, this career. And, and I didn't really know my path in this career, though. It wasn't actually, it was my mom again. She had a cerebral aneurysm that burst while she was traveling in France with my father. And my father woke up in the middle of the night to this thud. You know, if my father did not wake up, uh, my mom wouldn't be here. And so what happened was he, he went into the bathroom and saw that she was, you know, out on the floor. Um, and so he called 911, you know, he, he, they're, they're in France at this point in time. They, they were traveling through different parts of Europe and, you know, not being in the comfort, comfort of a, your own home, not even your own country. Uh, I mean, I can only imagine how terrifying that must've been. So, uh, they ended up actually one of the top neurosurgery departments, apparently in France, they were in Marseille and brought my mom back, uh, in, and in, into the state of coma which we then went to go visit her and it was a really traumatic ordeal. But at the end of the day, you know, she, she survived. Uh, only about 30% of people that, that have this event actually survive. So it, it really made me question things again. You know, I had, a, I had a mindset of, you know, I can solve any problem. 
but it really forced me to stop looking at people on the outside to determine how healthy someone is. And, and really, this is the same messaging I take in every you know, patient visit is that I don't care if you're doing all the right things. I want to know what your lab work looks like. I want to look at, you know, I want to test for toxicity. I want to look deeper to find out, you know, where is the trajectory for your health going? Because people aren't doing enough if they just, you know, eat the right diet and exercise. It's, it's not enough. It's not enough. We have so much burden in our lives from, you know, stresses in our mind or emotional stressors to toxicity stressors to all sorts of different hidden potential infections that could be there. And, and it forced me to want to look deeper and look and really look into brain health. And so a big part of my focus and practice now is to not just help to reverse chronic illness, but how do we get more out of our brains? How do we move into more of a space of longevity? What are some of the cool biohacking tools that we can use to offset some of these uh, pieces that degenerate us uh, without us realizing? And so it really, it made me um, want to dive deeper. And, and thankfully, you know, getting the chance to meet you and David through, uh, through Dr. Pompa has allowed us to have a vehicle that allows us to be as doctors deeper in our investigation and to help, uh, you know, bring things to the surface. So that's, that's my new place at this point in time in my interest. Wow. Did you say 30% chance of survival? Yeah. Yeah. And so it's one thing to have an aneurysm, but it's another, it's a medical, serious medical emergency when the aneurysm bursts. And so they actually had to cut a, a portion of her skull out and, uh, and to get in there to fix the aneurysm. So yeah, really not such a great recovery rate. But, you know, and when I kind of look back at it, I go, you know, if my mom, my mom lives in, my parents live in a small town. If that happened in our small town, she probably wouldn't have made it. You know, I just, you know, I can't help but think everything happens at the right time in the right place. And, you know, had she not been where she was uh, to be able to receive the medical care, which was, you know, maybe 20 minutes to half an hour to the, to the hospital versus, you know, a two hour ride or, you know, whatever it would be from the hometown to a, a, a place that has a decent hospital that could take care of that stuff. So, yeah, it was, it's a pretty low recovery rate. Yeah, everything does happen for a reason. I, I believe that, and uh, that that's something to look back. With if you know, for your mom to be so grateful that she was able to survive that, and uh, I could imagine she she's been and your entire family have lived life at it with a different lens after that experience. Totally, and you know, it, it forces you to ask that deeper question. You know, knowing that she had the history of autoimmunity, you know, like it's like when you put these lenses or these different glasses on you start to really you know with all the people that we work with you start to look back in their history and go you know what was the trajectory that got us to here right and it forces us to ask those questions you know metal fillings the history of Crohn's or autoimmunity what kind of state of inflammation is the body in, and then how could something end up that way so yeah I think uh, it forced us to look a whole lot deeper in so many different directions yeah, well, thank you for sharing that. And and I want to hear more about, you know, the brain stuff and all the cool gadgets that I see you post on Facebook and share some of those hacks as well. So we'll get to that. And uh, thanks for sharing that, Nick. I appreciate it. Dr. David, let's uh, let's hear your story, man. How did you get into the, the health space, man? I'm really curious to hear you, how you got into this. So just like Nick, and, the, and we've, I've actually talked to Nick about this, my mm -hmm. mom as well. So you got to love mom. Mom, mom really <laughs> brings it when, it when they give us that life direction, right? So my childhood, I pretty much grew up in a house with a mom that suffered from really, really bad low back issues to the point where, you know, 
I would watch her crawl to bed when I was probably around middle school, elementary school, crawling to her room and like screaming out in excruciating pain, having to stop every like two or three feet and just like being floored with pain. I mean, it's hard to watch. I mean, you know, you're not going through it, but you're watching somebody like your mom go through that. And it's one of the hardest things to watch because she was trying things like chiropractic back then. She was trying physical therapy. She was trying pain management. Like, you know, she's getting injections and she tried all kinds of things. And I just watched her slowly deal with this back issue to where eventually she had to have back surgery, which did help a lot, but that was kind of, you know, uh, when I look back at it now, I don't know as much as I know now, of course, but back then, you know, that was just kind of how you did it. You tried a couple things and if you didn't get relief, you just went straight to surgery. And that just kind of seemed like the thought process that most people had. And I think that's changing now, which is good. So fast forward, Kind of watched that growing up. Always knew I wanted to help people. Didn't know what that was going to be. I was an athlete growing up. I played football and baseball through high school. I played collegiate football. And chiropractic, believe it or not, even though it wasn't successful for my mom, was such a a huge tool for me as an athlete uh, for recovery and getting back on the field and preventing injuries. And then through that process, I learned a ton about it through the chiropractor that I was going to about how it helps with the a number of other things on the preventative end and, you know, so supporting our master system and taking care of our nervous system. And, and that's really what drove me into chiropractic. I knew I wanted to help people. I didn't know what type of medicine, but when I finally made a decision, I decided that I wanted to basically focus on helping this innate intelligence that we have just basically strive and removing all these interferences in whatever fashion or form we can. And this really started with me just taking care of people's nervous systems. Now, when I started my practice, it was roughly two, three years in, started my practice. I had primarily what's called a structurally based practice in the chiropractic world, which means that I was primarily just focusing on physical stressors when patients came in. And that's how I would address them when they'd come in as far as adjustments and, and, and work and soft tissue and things like that. So really unidimensional as far as my practice. And then got married and about a year into my marriage, my wife actually got very, very ill and came down with something called autoimmune hemolytic anemia. And a lot like Nick is saying, you know, we thought we were healthy. You know, she thought she was healthy. On the surface, she did everything right. She exercised, she ate pretty decent, you know, she looked good on the outside. And it was like almost overnight, I watched my wife from being a healthy, you know, 24, 25 year old girl to being deathly sick in the hospital, needing seven blood transfusions, getting bone marrow biopsies, and they can't figure out what's wrong with her. And kind of like what Nick's saying is, you live in this place where you think you're healthy, you think you're fine, and then like overnight, it can be taken from you. And so what is health? I think that definition needs to be updated on what people are really interpreting and understanding what healthy truly is versus what we think it is. So my practice just naturally from me trying to find answers for my wife because we went the conventional medicine route and there was really no answers for us there for her autoimmune issues. It took me to a path of having to create awareness and educating myself so that I could help my wife get well because I was watching the love of my life literally just fall apart in front of me and she just continually got worse. So 
what do you think happened to my practice? Well, my practice changed as well. So as I kept learning and creating awareness for myself and, and helping my wife, I realized that there were thousands and thousands of people just like my wife that were suffering that didn't have answers either and that they needed answers. So my practice has naturally shifted to more of a functional medicine practice. We do holistic chiropractic care. I basically are addressing the three stressors when people come in. We're looking at biochemical stress, emotional, mental, and physical stress. Like Nick's saying, we look on the inside, we lift the hood, we got to do all kinds of stuff to really see what's going on. We focus a lot on the nervous system, brain, hormones, cellular detox. You know, we're looking at all these other pieces that we know play a role in people's overall health and why they're not feeling well and so you know it's interesting the journey that we all take and like Nick's saying but a lot of reason that I, you know if, if if Clarissa hadn't gotten sick I'd probably still just be doing very simple chiropractic type care in my clinic I wouldn't have the integrated integration that I have now with uh, addressing and taking a multi-therapeutic approach Wow. Yeah. You, it's, it's incredible how we, everybody has their, their pain to purpose story and it's amazing. How long ago was that when Clarissa got sick? So that was about nine years ago now, man. And so we've come a, a long, long way. I mean, I could tell you stories of how bad she really got. I mean, it's pretty rough to, for me to even talk about those things. But she's nowhere close to where she used to be. And the funny thing is, like when I say that is, I meet people every day that are where she used to be and they're suffering and they just don't know how to get well. They want to get well so bad, but they just don't have the answers. And they've tried a lot of things and they get discouraged because they've tried things and it hasn't worked out for them. For some, some people are just losing hope, to be honest with you. And so you look at like this mission that we're all on, right, to help all these people and there's plenty of them to be helped if somebody's listening right now and they feel that way, like you just described, they, they feel hopeless and they've gone from doctor to doctor and they've tried everything they think, what message would you tell them right now? So one of the things I speak to a lot at the talks I give, because I've been through this with my wife and I want the listeners to understand something. If you're struggling and you have an autoimmune disease or you have something else going on and you've been unsuccessful up to this point, it's not that you've made mistakes. It's not that you've really even maybe just done the wrong things. I just say sometimes we just don't find effective solutions. You know, there's a lot of things that can help you get well, but there's only probably a handful of things that are going to push that needle. And what I found with my wife's autoimmune is there are root things that are going to make big changes once you know what those are. So there are answers out there, but you need to go to somebody that's already lived it and has experience with it that can help you find those answers. Don't go to somebody that has no experience or has had anybody that they've had to actually personally help and go through this process, especially with something like autoimmune. So it helps when you work with somebody who's lived it and that's gotten well and that knows how to get you there. Yeah. So that, that, you know, for me, that's what I did to help get my wife better. I had to find people that were being successful at this. And guess who are the ones that had been successful at it? The ones that had the problem. And that had to move through it. Not the ones that were just guessing, oh, I think this is working. I think this might help. No, it was the ones that actually had been living through it and had to find answers the hard way. So, so great message. And, and you're absolutely correct. It's those who have been there and they had to find a way for themselves or for their loved one to get through this. Those are the people that I look up to as well, like Dr. Pompa, like you two who, who just shared your stories with us. I, I want to talk a little bit about 
Crohn's. Nick, I'd love for you to talk about Crohn's and uh, what is it exactly? And before we even go there, you both described a bucket that's overflowing, right? The drops in the bucket where you could look fine and and you could feel fine. But like Clarissa overnight, she's in the hospital the next day with a a life-threatening thing. Now, we'll get into the Crohn's in a second. Let's, Let's talk a little bit about what are the most common things or the things that fill the bucket up the most. And if somebody is feeling good right now, but they have an unhealthy lifestyle, should they be worried? Should they be concerned? Are there things they should do right now to help remove the drops from that bucket? And I'd love for Nick to kind of carry that one right now. Mm-hmm. Well, one of the first, I guess, places that I come to with patients is, is just the mindset of curiosity. You know, if, if we're not curious about our health, things are just going to happen to us. You know, we're not going to be able to connect the dots and you know, start to track back in our history to figure out where things maybe started to go to go off because we're so good at compartmentalizing or segmenting our lives so that the only thing that we're dealing with is what we're dealing with right now. And that's just not how any of this stuff works, right? For a lot of people, you know, including uh, Clarissa and my mom or, you know, uh, you know, we talked about your dad uh, on our podcast. I mean, all these things have been building over a long period of time. You know, and then there's the whole aspect, understanding epigenetics and how things get activated. You know, Clarissa was fine one day. She's not the next. We have to get more curious and start and get rid of the chunking effect that we do with our lives and just looking at little pieces, little segments, you know, looking at the latest set of symptoms and start treating from there. You know, we have to go back as far as we can and, and really assess what's what's happening. So in the reality of like any autoimmune condition, just like Crohn's, and that's what it is, irritable, irritable bowel disease. It's one of the, the many different digestive dysfunctions that, that shows up, but it's it's literally where your immune system's attacking the digestive cells. And it can happen from basically mouth to anus. You can have this chronic inflammatory state, which basically puts you in a nutrient depleted state, difficulty digesting all sorts of different types of foods, you know, not extracting enough nutrients out and the body's constantly under fire. And, and that's like any chronic illness, the, the body's stuck in this chronic state of inflammation. So I think people need to become curious and look at their little symptoms as roadmaps and see how far back you can look at those symptoms. You know, did someone, did you grow up with allergies or asthma or eczemas or psoriasis? Was there some early difficulty, you know, even with hormonal function or menstruation for women, or, you know, and start to really create a timeline for your health. And that can only come with curiosity because otherwise we're in the middle of an illness and we're on a medication to manage that illness. And that's, that's going nowhere real fast. Yeah. Well said, Nick. I, I completely agree with you. What we're doing here is essentially teaching them how to become their own health detective and be curious like a detective would be, ask questions, investigate your entire history. And that's something that most conventional doctors don't do. I know for myself, I never had a a doctor ask me about my dental health. I never had a doctor even ask me about my current diet. You know, so it's these things that we want to be curious about and I love it. So that's a powerful message for anybody listening or watching this on YouTube. Be curious, investigate your history. And if you don't know the right questions to ask, then you find somebody who's going to ask you the right questions. And David, do you want to piggyback off of that? 
Well, just in addition to, you know, you give the analogy of filling the bucket, you know, many of these things that we get sick from, like Clarissa, like when it just happens all of a sudden, we're completely asymptomatic of, you know, one of the things I tell people is you don't have to have symptoms of something to be sick. And that's this general idea I think that people have is like, I must be having to feel a certain way uh, to have something ongoing that's chronic or degenerative over time. And so you look at two simple things, and these are the big things that I focus on in my clinic, because honestly, like the vast majority of the population, these things are happening with them. Number one is toxicity. Okay, that's something that every day is slowly making its way through us, right? So like you're saying, it's going to catch up to us eventually. So if you're not curious about toxins and where they're coming from and how to decrease these things in our lifestyle, then it's going to catch up to you. And the other one is your digestion. You know, Hippocrates said it, all disease begins in the gut. And so many people don't understand the weight of just what their digestive health, like Nick was speaking to with some of these autoimmune stuff. But just simple digestive issues is already telltale signs that there's some big root issues going on, and these are going to cause long-term problems. So, you know, it's something like you're saying, you have to be your own doctor, you have to be your own health detective. And if you really want to be healthy, that's what it takes. It takes that healthy curiosity and this ongoing expansion of it as you go through life. Because like, what, what do we say, Nick, if you're not constantly working on this, you're going to get sick. Mm-hmm. That's just the way the world we live in now. If you're not constantly addressing your health and trying to get better at it as you age, you're going to get sick. Yeah. And for even for myself, I've been doing keto and fasting for years. Six years I've been following a keto and fasting protocol. But it wasn't until I actually started working with Dr. Pompa that I realized I'm not as healthy as I thought I was. And I had all these upstream stressors that I was not aware of until I started working with Dr. Pompa, like my silver fillings and my mold exposure and all these things. And it made sense because I I wasn't feeling as optimally as I could have been. And now that I'm working on removing a lot of these interferences, I feel better than I've felt in a long time. I look the same. I looked healthy back then. I looked fit back then. But like you said, that's not a good sign of of somebody's healthy. You know, there's a lot of fit, sick people out there. Six-pack abs do not equate to being healthy. And that was the same case for me. I'm so grateful that I was able to understand this before my bucket overflowed because I know that if I didn't start removing these stressors, it would have just gotten worse and worse for me. And God knows what would have happened to me. I could have woke up the next day in the hospital. I could have been just scrambling to find out how I could recover from my health. So if you're somebody listening right now and you feel okay, but you know you could feel much better, you're in a similar situation than I, that I was. So I encourage you to explore these avenues we're talking about. Toxicity, you said that's a big one, and the gut. Uh, let's talk about the gut real quick, and both of you could chime in here. David, you could go first, and then Nick could go right after. What are some of the, the major things that just destroy the gut that you've seen with your patients? So one of the major things I check on anybody who has digestive issues is gluten intolerance. You know, and this is a fun one because people, when they hear that word, a lot of times you'll hear people say, oh, it's a fad. There's not, that's not true. You know, you can eat wheat. And it's really not. You know, there's so many different people. They're at different stages of gut dysfunction and damage. And depending on how much you have, makes you very intolerant to a lot of different foods. And gluten is one of those major ones that if you have an issue with it and you take it out of the person's environment, you remove that interference, you get a massive amount of healing right away. And so, you know, I have people that still roll into my office that have autoimmune and they haven't even looked at their gut and they have digestive issues and they're still eating gluten. 
And it's crazy. You know, I'll, I'll tell a quick story just so you can see the implications of what the gut plays into this for people. So I had this, this happens all the time, but I had a lady, it was a real severe case. She came into me, she was massively inflamed, very, very puffy. When she filled out her little body chart on my paperwork, every single joint was literally circled in her body. She was just in massive pain everywhere. She had no energy. She couldn't sleep, horrible anxiety, just a mess. I mean, the poor thing had, she could barely get through our consult and history because of her brain fog was so bad. So I ordered a panel on her where we look for things like leaky gut, intestinal permeability, and we were looking at gluten intolerance. It's called a weed zoomer panel. And I told her, go ahead and take this test. But right after you're done, I want you to completely stop eating gluten. Take it out of your diet. Check all your products at home. Make sure you're not getting it anywhere in your environment, on your, on your body, in your mouth, anywhere. So I think I saw her, like, we had some scheduling conflicts. I saw her six weeks later for her report of findings to go over this panel. And her panel was awful. Severely gluten intolerant, horrible leaky gut. Okay, but here's what happens. She comes in six weeks later after that panel was done. She had given up gluten. All of her pain was gone. She had lost 25 pounds in six weeks. All of her pain was gone. She was sleeping. Her energy was coming back. So I want people to hear this because when you have a problem and you're not getting to the root, you can be completely unaware that there are things that you're doing that are contributing to your illness. And this is one very simple one. And, and this is just one. There's many others like this, and we can speak about those. But, but gluten's a really easy place for people to start with their, their gut dysfunction, that they're having gut issues. That's a powerful share right there. That's amazing. Oh, it's huge. And this happens all the time, man. Yeah, I've seen it too. For myself, when I used to eat gluten, I used to wake up the next morning and I felt hungover. I felt I had major brain fog, and I just decided to, to stop having gluten. And, and ever since then... I've been so ment- more mentally sharp and uh, I just feel so much better. And, and my gut's not wrecked like like the patient you were talking about, but I just know it just doesn't help me. It doesn't serve my health. So powerful share right there. Uh, Nick, what about you? What, what are some things you see besides gluten that have wrecked the guts of your patients? Yeah, well, I mean, you can take that, that conversation and move into a various number of different food triggers for people, you know, whether it be eggs or nuts or seeds or even some like shellfish and whatnot and uh, dairy, you know. So the whole food component is huge and is very real. You know, food sensitivities are are definitely uh, increasing too, you know, and, and it makes us all question, is food really the root of, of all the problems? Well, what's being added to the food? You know, so we know that, you know, we're all fans of Dr. Zach Bush and, and a lot of the stuff that he shares. And so we know that glyphosate is one of the many things that gets sprayed onto a lot of foods and it's showing up even in organics, showing up in the rainwater. It's a massive contributor to this gut permeability issue that, that so many people are facing, which we know now is what is making gluten much more reactive in people or corn or soy or dairy or what have you. So, and we know alcohol does this. Alcohol also causes leaky gut, you know, short term. Um, one to three percent of the population going back to gluten are celiac, you know, up to 30 percent have a sensitivity, but everyone else beyond that still gets gut permeability up for a few hours after they get gluten exposure. So, the, I mean, these are real phenomenon that, that have been measured and tested, and, and imaging shows that this is affecting so many of us. So, consider this if you're having a, a, a food sensitivity, if you're having a toxin like glyphosate, or you know. Any of the other toxins we're exposed to from chlorines, the shower or pool water, 
um, to the other halide chemicals like fluoride, which is unfortunately still in some of the water supplies, to the organic pollutants that's showing up in our in agriculture, uh, the different estrogens that we get exposed to through plastics, et cetera, et cetera. All these things become a bioaccumulation effect, and they're 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 magnified through the response of glyphosate and our food trigger triggers and food sensitivities. And so this is, you know, it hits on so many different levels. And so if we're not doing what we can to improve our boundaries, you know, I'd like to say, uh, I think probably got this from my wife, so I'm stealing it from her. How you digest your life is how you digest food. And you can say that in so many different ways. Even that chronic state of stress that we find ourselves in is going to affect gut permeability and lead to more autoimmunity and increasing the risk factors for developing an autoimmune condition. So it's a definitely a, a deep investigation is, is needed in every, in every patient. One quick little story I'll, I'll share on uh, my patient side is, um, you know, there's no perfect test out there, but we do run food sensitivity testing on our patients, sometimes just for the added motivation that, that they should be getting off certain foods. We ran this food test, patient's extremely skeptical, and uh, eggs came back for her and a bunch of other things. She ate eggs every day, had so for a very, very long time. Took her a year, actually, to cut out the eggs because she was so attached to them. But the same thing, as soon as she did, she lost about 15 pounds, her brain fog went away, her thyroid improved, I mean, you name it. Things kept improving, and she, she could barely believe it. I had a similar reaction with a patient who cut out feta cheese because the, the casein and the dairy was really messing with him. And he brought it back into his diet too soon, and he got the worst migraine headache that he's ever had, which was his chief complaint before he cut it out. So, you know, the stories like this just keep piling in. And, and, and again, I don't necessarily believe that it's always just the food. I think there's a lot of other toxins and things in our environment that are making our digestive cell membranes more permeable. But uh, it's, it's all contributing. Yeah, it is. It, because what it does, it, it, it increases inflammation. And that's linked to that. So when you bring down inflammation, you start losing weight because your actual hormones could get into your cell because you don't have so much inflammation. So somebody listening right now, if you're doing everything, but you're eating gluten, try knocking out, taking out gluten. Try eating organic and reducing your pesticide load or using a product like Restore, which we use from Dr. Zach Bush, where we have before our meals to help close those tight junctions so we could digest that food. Uh, let's shift gears here. Uh, Nick, what are some top ways for somebody to get rid of brain fog and to just function at a high level, a high-performing level, whether it's an entrepreneur or just uh, a mom who wants to have better brain function for her family? What are some simple things they could do right now? Mm -hmm. Another patient population we work with a lot is, is addictions and recovery. And these people are, are on a ton of different medications. And so one of the first things I always ask people when it comes to brain fog, what medications are you on? Because there's so, it's such a common side effect to have brain fog because the body's just overloaded with toxicity and it's, and it's you know, so depleted in nutrients. So the first thing is we always do a, a drug extraction if we can, uh, or we have a timeline to help people get off their medication. Uh, so we always have to look at those interfering factors. The other big one that we always look at is just sleep quality, of course. That's a, that's a huge one. I can't tell you how many patients, you guys could probably agree, that still go to bed like past one, two, three in the morning, and their whole circadian cycle is just completely messed up. And so sometimes it's just simple things like that. Uh, and then we, you know, we can advance it further, obviously moving into ketosis and following more of a ketogenic, ketogenic diet or just a cleaner diet in general is going to help reduce brain fog. 
and then we we augment a lot of these uh, patients and speed up the process by uh, dialing up their nutrition with IV therapy or, or some of our brain mapping and neurofeedback tools that are amazing for just rewiring the brain connection. So there's some cool technology out there that can fast track things. And all of you listening have, have power in your hands to just start to ex do a curiosity list and extraction list of the things that are probably contributing to poor sleeps, poor recovery, and uh, just doing, doing a good look, hard look there, you'll find something. Yeah, and, and it doesn't have to be expensive. I mean, you, you it could be if you want to use the brain mapping and all that, but it could be free because you could just practice fasting and then produce ketones. And sleep is also free. And sleep, it's a huge, huge thing. Something I've noticed is eat, people who eat for myself and for my clients eat right before bed. The following morning, there's always brain fog. So just fasting right before bed, getting your circadian rhythm in check like you talked about are powerful ways and they're free. David, are there any tools that you want to present for somebody who, to get rid of brain fog and just perform at a higher level? Well, Nick honestly hit them all in the head, but in addition to the one he left out would be getting an adjustment, a chiropractic adjustment. You know, you can't mm -hmm. be healthy at a nervous system level if you don't have a healthy spine. And so the idea of going to a chiropractor, even if it's just for maintenance and you don't have an issue, but from a wellness or preventative standpoint, is to keep your nervous system nice and open, free and functioning and let that flow running downstream without any interference. You know, one of the big things I get from a number of my new patients that roll in during their first couple of weeks of adjustments is, oh man, I'm just sleeping so much better. Because, I mean, your spine plays just this huge role in the health of your nervous system. And, you know, if you're not getting your spine checked and just keeping it healthy, yeah, it's going to have a role on, on your performance for sure. I love that you said that. Sorry, I just had to jump in there. We see this all the time for my, my wife sees a lot of pediatric patients and we've got a great friend. Unfortunately, David doesn't live close enough for us to refer patients over, but we send newborns over to chiropractors all the time for sleep issues. It's like... It's like magic. I mean, it really is. It takes the stress off the parents. The kids start sleeping really well. And kids are so responsive as are, you know, pets and animals. We've got a lot more confusion as adults in our nervous system. But just a testament to just getting that proper flow in the nervous system is huge. And just getting the proper communication up to the pineal gland, the pituitary, everything that's dependent on, on structural integrity. Yeah, especially because we live in a, a day and age where we're, we're like this all day, right? We're, we're hunched over. So how does that affect your, your sleep? Like, How does that affect the vagus nerve and your, your parasympathetic nervous system? And what, where, does, where does that factor into getting adjusted and, and also sleep? So as far as you're talking about like the text neck and people's bad posture. Yeah, you know, constantly being like this, not breathing through your diaphragm. Well, you know, it's interesting. I just saw a study about a month ago, and this was interesting. Two chiropractors published a study, and they were showing how loss of your cervical curve in your spine is contributing to a decrease in circulation to your brain. And they're actually starting to tie some of this. They're going to do more research, but they're tying this into long-term degeneration leading to dementia and Alzheimer's downstream. Right. So again, we're coming back to this, looking at the full picture, going all the way back. And something as simple as keeping the curve of your spine in a healthy curve. That's not that easy to do these days if you're not going and working on that. Right. And if we're not actually having a forward thinking of, oh, I need to take care of this. I'm going to have somebody take care of this for me. I'm going to build a, a, get a team member. Right. One of these people on my team to help me do this. But like something like like you're saying, cell phone, text, Nick. I mean, this is a real problem now. People are constantly in forward head flexion. 
you know, throughout the day for a long, long time, and they're losing this cervical curve. And this is putting stress on the nervous system, especially the spinal cord and the brainstem. And it is affecting a lot of things outside of just like we're talking about brain fog and circulation. But there are long-term detrimental effects of this. So this is something to take very serious. So if you're sedentary, you sit behind a desk all day, you're on a phone, you know you have postural issues, you better be combating that with things like chiropractic or going and working out pretty regularly and seeing body specialists that are keeping your, your vehicle moving, mobile, stable. Able and, and making sure that you're taking care of it. Because if you're not combating that, you're wasting away every day by not doing that. So it's one of those classics, if you're not doing it, you're going to have problems down the road. Yeah. And it, like you said, it's so simple. Something that I do is I, um, when I'm walking through a door, I'll put my hands on the door and just like do a little stretch. And I do that every, you know, several times a day. And that, that adds up. And it's just something that takes a few seconds. Oh yeah. Grease in the groove. Yeah, Grace in the crew. I like that. All right, I have a few more questions for you guys. Um, let's start with uh, Nick over here. Nick, what is your definition of perfect health? Hmm. Well, I can't help but think of my kids. And so I think perfect health is when we've set the example for, for them and created a, a legacy. So I, I have this sort of like trajectory that I, I teach every patient. And the first one is we have to slow the moving train, which is reversing an illness. And phase two is moving into prevention. Phase three is optimization. And then phase four is legacy. So when we can teach our children how to have the right mindset, the relationship with themselves, with other people, the right nutrition, the right movement, the right structural integrity, all those pieces, that's when, that's when we're in perfect health because we're, we're giving. And if we're not giving, we're not receiving. If we're not allowing ourselves to receive, we're not truly in a space to give. So uh, that's, that's how it is for me. That's beautiful. I love that answer. What about you, David? What, and you talked about health early on. What, what is your definition of perfect health? Well, you know, I want to add something to what Nick said, and I love it when he talks about the legacy piece. Because we're, I mean, when we, t- when we, we interviewed you, Ben, and you gave your story of your dad's health and your mom's health, right? And then how you've come through this process and transformation from that journey. You've already changed from a generation standpoint the trajectory of your bloodline for your health. And that's what Nick's speaking to, right? So if you had to ask me, it's, it's similar to this and this, it's an ongoing expansion and you have to keep addressing it. But like you're saying, really making a, a big impact if you're going to be healthy is on your little ones because they're the next generation and you want them to have it better than you had it. And if your timeline for your family is in the wrong direction, you can interrupt this pattern and make it better. But it's going to take somebody, right, in, in this lineage to make, the, make these changes. So, yeah, same for me. I'm trying to be the example. I'm trying to be in a better place than my parents were with their health. But it's, I'm constantly learning and it's constantly expanding. So I don't think there's any cookie-cutter way of describing your health. It's one of those things like we're all speaking to, you know, of it's just constantly expanding. And if yeah. you're going to be healthy, that's the mindset you got to have with it. Yeah, right on. And on that note, I mean, this is one that we talk a lot about is that from a, even from a toxicity burden point of view, uh, there was a st- rat study uh, where they looked at the glute gene and they, they exposed a toxin uh, to these, these rats, which triggered obesity. And it took about four or five generations for 
uh, rats to be born and, and live with normal weight. And, and so, yeah, this is really tied back to that epigenetic and lineage, how you're leaving this world for, for them, because uh, we're, we're all just, we're on this timeline together, right? So yeah, thanks for closing the circle now with David. Yeah, so true health is changing your legacy for your, your gene line for your family. That's, yeah. That's very important and very impactful. I love that definition. Mm-hmm. Well, Nick, what are you uh, what are you most grateful for right now? Oh man, family. Just I I love my family so much. It tears me up just thinking of them, and that's everything to me. I you know it's funny. You know when I was in college and you know before I got married, I was always in this mindset that I'm going to do it different than my brother and sister. I'm not going to have a family. I'll probably not get married. Maybe I'll just you know have a life partner. And, and then your first kid comes around and you know, you're in that hospital or we're lucky enough to have a home birth and you realize everything changes. And so for me, my, in my value system, they're, they're at the top. I mean, I guess above that would be my connection to all that is uh, that I'm still discovering, but uh, right underneath that's family for sure. Yeah. Beautiful. You got beautiful family. What, what about you, David? What are you most grateful for right now? So I would, I would second the family, but honestly, connection. So it's connection with my family and being on that level of, you know, how when you're kind of in that zone with your environment and your world and, and everything is just vibing and it's the same way with our families. So it's the connection, but you know, right now in my life, you know, I can just honestly say probably in the last two and a half years, just the connections I've had within my world on the journey I'm on and meeting people like you've been and, and Nick, my bromance over there and really just the connections I've had and where they've taken me and, and where my life is now. Very, very, very grateful. And it's just made things even better with my family. So it is, it's kind of like, it has this, this exponential effect once it gets going, right? You guys all know what I'm talking about. It's getting into that flow state. And it's just the connections I feel that have, have brought me into that flow state and kept me there more consistently. Yeah, yeah. I'm grateful for that connection as well, brother, both of you. Let's start with you this time, David. What are you most excited about right now that you're working on? What's the most exciting thing you're working on? Actually, I'm most excited about my STEMnomic class. I, I'm actually doing a seven-week uh, workshop. We're doing a Beyond Fasting STEMnomic workshop series that starts tonight. And I get really excited because I love to teach. And this literally, really, and this is selfish of me, but it lets it lets me get in that space that I really enjoy for an hour a week. And then we got like 25 people in this class, which is good. I cut it off at 20, and we had people wanting to jump in. But yeah, I'm I'm really excited um, to just to get more into the teaching and helping, like we're doing, get people fat adapted, get that stem cell rise in the back end of a nice five day block fast, and take them through a seven week process. So I'm really pumped about that right now. That's awesome. There, those twenty-five people are blessed to have you uh, teach them, my my friend. So, crush it. I know you will, and that's exciting for all of you. Uh, what about you, Nick? What are you most excited about right now? Um, there's there's lots of things going on uh, in my personal life uh, with with moving and and moving with the cities and whatnot. But uh, in in the space of uh, naturopathic medicine or the clinic, I think it's probably moving into uh, a bigger expression of our. Um, uh, addiction recovery treatment center that we're trying to establish on First Nations land and trying to uh, reach a really big population of people who are suffering 
And it's really baby stages at this point in time. We've uh, done really great things with people in our, in our local practice. Um, but there's too many people suffering from addictions and families uh, being ripped apart because of overdose. And so um, helping people get their brains back is, is a huge, huge deal. And, and to be able to play some role in that, however big or small, is uh, something that I get really excited about. Yeah, rightfully so. That's super, so important. And it's it's happening everywhere. I, I know a lot of people who have that happen in their home. And somebody like you could make a big difference for for so many families. So I love that you're working on that. It's uh, very important and impactful. I want to uh, acknowledge both of you. Uh, Nick, I want to acknowledge you. I, uh, ever since I met you in person in um, Nashville, well, before that, I saw you speak in Boca. I saw you speak in Vegas. Uh, and I thought you were just an intelligent guy who had a very calm cool spirit. Then I met you in Nashville at uh, the Live It to Lead It seminar, and you were like a brother to me, man. You came up to me, you greeted me. We did a Facebook Live, and we had uh, David Avocado Wolf (laughs) video bomb us. I mean, come on. And it was just a great conversation. You are definitely a soul brother, and I I love what you're doing. I love your family. I'm grateful to be on this journey with you, and and thank you for just welcoming me into the Platinum family with open arms. And same thing with you, David, man. When I saw some of your videos before I even met you in person, they were showing me videos of you. Uh, I think it was the toxicity quiz, and I'm like, man, this guy's good on camera. Like, I want to get to meet him. And I got to meet you and Clarissa in Nashville, and you were so welcoming as well. And you're just, you're so friendly, and you got such a great vibe to you. And I, I just appreciate both of you. I'm grateful that I'm on this journey with you. And I acknowledge both of the work that you're doing. It's so important. It's definitely appreciated on my end. And I know every patient that you've touched and you've spoken to appreciates it as well. And I just want to say thank you too for just showing up in this world and giving, being such powerful givers. And thank you for sharing on this podcast to my audience as well. I love both of you guys and thank you so much. Thank you, Ben, man. Very grateful. Very, very grateful. Yes. So, Nick, where can my audience go find your work? Uh, Yeah, so my wife and I have a clinic in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. It's called Divine Elements Naturopathic Family Wellness. We do a bunch of stuff uh, on Facebook and online. We have have our own little private group online, too, for for patients and and local community and what have you. And uh, and then, of course, the Dr. Dad's podcast with my brother down there, uh, Dr. David Wardy. Uh, We pump out an episode we try to anyways uh once a week and we've been staying on track with that so those are those are probably the easiest spots and thank you for that thanks for the shout out yeah so definitely give that podcast a listen it's great they've got an amazing amazing guest on there and they do they're very consistent so the dr dad's podcast i'm going to put a link for that in the show notes what's your best website nick uh divineelements.ca divineelements.ca i'll put that in the notes and what about you david where can they find you so most people interact with me on Facebook. So you can look uh, look me up at either Wardy Wellness Chiropractic or Dr. David Wardy. And then outside of that, uh, you can check out my website. It's wardywellnesschiro.com. So Keto Camp just hit one of the top three downloaded episodes that we've had so far. So I forgot to tell you that. So yeah, everyone oh, that's- check us out for sure on Dr. Dad's as well. Oh, that's so awesome. Yeah, go give, give that a listen. I mean, I, I, that was a great podcast. Um, you're in um, El Paso, right? El Paso, Texas. El Paso, Texas. Nice, nice and hot over there. <laughs> Not like Vancouver. Yeah, it's like we're we're over a hundred right now, so it's fun. Yeah, it's a little bit different than Miami. Miami's more of a, a a humid heat, so it's it's different. Well, gentlemen, thank you so much for your time today. I'm so happy you were able to come on the Keto Camp podcast, and uh, I look forward to just growing with you guys in the future. 
Thank you, Ben. Appreciate it, man. This was a blast. Very grateful, man. I'm so glad you listened to this entire episode with Nick and David. I love these guys, and I know that you love them too after listening to their heart, listening to their passion and, and their desire to put a dent in disease. And that's what they're doing. That's what we are doing as a group of practitioners. Go ahead and check out the notes of this podcast so you can find all of their links, their websites. Subscribe to their Dr. Dad's podcast. They have a great podcast. I was actually interviewed on their podcast, so I'll put that episode that I was interviewed by them on in the notes as well and all their resources in the notes. So make sure you go visit that because we have a full-time person who is detailing all the notes of this podcast, of every single episode in the notes section. If you haven't claimed my Keto Kickstart Guide, it's a free 12-page ebook designed to teach you to burn fat instead of sugar. Head over to www.ketokickstartguide.com to claim that for free. Also, I am launching my seven-week program, Beyond Fasting. This is a program where I coach you in a group setting. I'm taking 50 people only. Once we hit 50, that's it. We're going to cap it. And I'm going to teach you everything I know about keto and fasting so you can do it the right way, so you can maximize your hormones, so you can get a boost in human growth hormone, which is the ultimate fat-burning hormone, longevity hormone, muscle-preserving hormone, and it helps you feel damn good. So if you want to be a part of this exclusive group, it's a seven-week program. It launches on September 16th, but I'm taking reservations right now. Head over to www.ketocampfasting.com to secure your spot. And by the way, when you secure your spot today, you're going to receive over $3,000 in free gifts from me. So go ahead and do that before it's sold out. If you get this message too late, Know that I launch this program every 90 days so you can still reserve your spot for the next program. So head over to ketocampfasting.com to learn more. Please screenshot this episode, post it on your story, Instagram story, Instagram profile. Tag me in it at the Benazadi, T-H-E-B-E-N-A-Z-A-D-I, and I'll be sure to share it on my story. Let's get the message out there on keto and fasting. And if you haven't left a rating and review for the Keto Camp Podcast, Please do so if you find any value. It makes a big difference for the show, helps the show reach more people, and it essentially helps change lives, and that's because of your review. So please leave it a rating and review. Thank you so much for choosing the Keto Camp Podcast. Out of all the podcasts out there, you choose this one, and I'm so grateful for you. Have an amazing day. You'll hear me on the next episode. This podcast is for information purposes only. Statements and views expressed on this podcast are not medical advice. This podcast, including Benazadi, disclaim responsibility from any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not accept responsibility of statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or non-direct interest in products or services referred to herein. If you think you have a medical problem, consult a licensed physician.